Superkicks.com offers cool streetwear and apparel at great prices. Shipping worldwide, thanks to the guys at Superkicks, you can get 10% off your order by using the code SWN at the checkout. That's Superkicks.com, pro wrestling apparel. Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN Podcast. I am your host, Billy, as always. This week, I am joined by the manliest man in pro wrestling, the street rat, the hobo, the king of the streets, and other excellent uh, nicknames, monikers. Uh, It's Manlin. Welcome to the show. Hiya, Paul. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we finally got to chat uh, because of uh, after BT shenanigans uh, in the previous previous attempt. Uh, But... I can't get you away, can't get you with asking without asking the most boring question, but it's the icebreaker. How did you get into pro wrestling? Uh, well, um, I'm trying to think, like, honestly, I think it was probably the video games that got me into wrestling because I, uh, my first ever console was a Super Nintendo. It was a hand me down from some family member. And one of the games in that was uh, Royal Rumble for the SNES, which is a terrible game. Like, it's not aged well at all. But uh, I just kind of started with that. And then it went from, uh, eventually it was in, you know, getting videos out of Global Video. And then, then like, you know, just start watching papers and it kind of just went from there. So, yeah, I think I'm one of the only people who can say their fandom actually started with, you know, Crush. Yeah. Oh, sorry, with, with Crush. With, yeah. Uh, with, oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, you probably are. <laughs> probably one of you. Uh, so it was like a bit of a weird thing, like playing the game and then seeing it's like, oh, these, these guys are actually real. Or were you kind of aware of wrestling before the game or they kind of just uh, come hand in hand? I don't know. I think, I, was, I think it was always something that was I was kind of aware of. Like, I was very young when I first played it, so I don't know if it's, you know... But yeah, it's, like, I, 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 as long as I can remember, I've always just, you know, watched wrestling or had some interest in it, you know. Good, but I remember my fandom especially exploded around, like, Smackdown 2, specifically. So a crush at that point would have been uh, probably one half a chronic around the oh, then. Best. <laughs> uh, so uh, so is, would that be your favourite era crush, no Kona crush or, or uh, DOA penis tattoo crush? Nice nostalgia bits, but uh, I think Chronic's the best one until until they went to WWF. But we don't really you know talk about that run. D- WCW Chronic were great. Yeah, I do remember seeing Chronic on uh, on Worldwide on Channel Five. Uh, they, they would pop up every so often, uh, but just oh, seeing these just... big big dudes in, in leather, and it's one of those tag teams that they they were just big dudes and they threw you about. Fine, absolutely cool with that. But it's one of those when when your parents come in the room, you just go. <laughs> Yeah, they're wearing see-through leather outfits. I don't, I, I, I don't want to speak about it any further than this, please. <laughs> but, but there again, the next guy would come out would be Goldberg, and he'd be bald head and black pants, and I don't know which is worse uh, when it comes to outfits. Um, so, how did you go from from your big fandom of Crush uh, to actually attempting to to be a wrestler yourself and joining Source? Uh, came at a sort of troubling time in my life because I. I'd recently just left college at that point, uh, like the first time around, and um, I just, I was actually listening to the Art of Wrestling, like, podcast, 
And I think that really sort of say human not humanized, like made it seem feasible to actually get into it, if you know what I mean. Because that was the first time I really like I knew that indie wrestling existed. That was the first time I heard about people actively going uh, from like wrestling fans to becoming wrestlers. If you know what I mean, but their experiences, you know. And I just as an off chance, I was like, I've got anything else to do right now. I might as well, you know. And yeah. I looked up, I looked up all these schools in Scotland, and source just happened to be the closest, you know. And I picked up the wrong notes for you. I'll find them again. There we go. Right. Yes. So, uh, so Source was the closest school for you. It was so. Did you do any more uh, research for your trainers? Where was it? Was it demo? Wasn't it demo and Nicky Cross at that? Yeah. One? Mm-hmm. Demo and Nicky Cross. Bombard. Bombard's one of the guys I can actually uh, put a lot of my stuff on to. Like, it's his fault. I exist basically. <laughs> So, so what was it like that that first? I mean, you're always been quite a, a, a slim person, tall but slim. A lot of my trees at the moment have been with tall guys. I've, I've had a, a ADM will be the week before this, and then uh, Colton Davis. So there's all six oh, foot Jesus. plus guys, and uh, you're just in that bracket. Am I right? Six two, something like that. Um, um, yeah, I'm six. I'm just under six one, but according to wrestling, I'm six two. You know how it is. I know. I was looking up your. I was looking up your height on uh, on two K two K. Well, I made you on two K twenty, and I was like, oh, I must be around about six. That's what I'm thinking, just from photos and reference points. And then you, I saw six two. I thought, really, really six two. It's because <laughs> it's because uh, Dame actually told me to go by that height, and uh, then when I started realizing because I like um you know people oh and in the wrestling there's not that sort of distance between people I'm like people have got to see through that straight away <laughs> but because I, I put it down in our cage match and wrestling wiki still only picked up don't I now I'm, six, I'm officially 6 too. that's fine just a tiptoe when, when you get in the ring that'll do it um, so what was like that first bump then it was it was, hor- it was horrific but the worst thing was actually doing just like general exercise for the first time because um I'm asthmatic, and being you know the kind of nerdy kid, nerdy person I was, I am. I didn't really do much sports beforehand, so if anything, it was the first warm up killed me. And then it was uh, the bumps weren't too bad. Like I was always kind of okay bumps, but it was just general exercise was killing me in the early times, you know. Yeah, I was I was going to my next question. So, did you have any like sport background, football or anything like that, or was it just a I mean, no, for, Jr. would Jr. would hate me. <laughs> I know he would. He wouldn't have uh, um, ridiculous facts about your about your collegiate record or anything like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I know for well, myself growing up, I did football just because that was the only way to make friends. Uh, but in general, my, my, when I realised that that the internet existed, I, I just sat on LimeWire at the weekends, LimeWire, and uh, any site that I could watch Dark Knight slightly. Uh, <clears throat> Not legally, uh, but it, yeah, it's, it's just it's a weird thing thinking that not going from an a sport background to actually wrestling. So what what was why? That's <laughs> the big question. So why, no no sport background, uh, very little exercise or, or, or cardio um, background. Why why do you decide to try wrestling instead? Uh, just because um, I've always had this big love for wrestling or this, you know, and that. I, a down point in my life 
Like, I was a bit, I was going, like, I'm very open about the fact that I have uh, depression and anxiety, stuff like that. And I just figured, why not? You know, like, I've always loved wrestling and I thought I was only going to do it for like a week or two. And here I am, eight years later, you know? Like, I never thought that I'd, I thought I'd do it for a couple of weeks or whatever, just to like, almost say that I had done it, you know? So it was never like a long term plan. And even then, it's, you know, it was always meant to be like, oh, just try it out, see it, see if I enjoy it, you know? Yeah, it's got that, that quick rush of serotonin and then just go, right, mm-hmm. try the wrestling. Uh, what's next? What else can, can pop up? So, like I say, eight years. So, how long did it go from training to, to actually making your airing debut? I'm assuming it was on one of the, sh- the showcase shows somewhere. Yeah, it was the fir- actually the first ever showcase uh, when, when Source was rebranded to be separate from SWA because at a time, Source and SWA were the same thing. And it's only when Source rebranded to be its own sort of uh, thing. That's when, oh, excuse me, we oh, just had dinner. Uh, that's when uh, I debuted 18 months after training, after starting. Because I, I started in August, August 2012, and I debuted in March 2014. And I debuted pure, like, purely because I was a comedy guy. And Source didn't have a comedy guy on their sort of roster at the time. Like they had DCT, but DCT was sort of moving on to be more serious. And they just went, "Yep, we'll get Manlon in there, but I'll be open." I wasn't ready. I was not ready at all. I was dreadful. I was, I was just thinking. I mean, I haven't seen the match myself, but uh, eighteen months seems to be very quick. Uh, from from the stories I've heard, uh, some saying that they went and it took years. Uh, to more than more than a year anyway. I think I think ADM was three years before he even um, got in front of a, 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 a crowd. So comedy character was that just by accident, or was that a conscious decision to be a comedy character? I don't know. It was. It was, uh, it was a bit of both, really. Like, I'm naturally just, like because I like to make people laugh. You know, that's kind of just the thing. So it came from training, just like pop, you know. I make people laugh or I pop them, you know. And due to my, how do I say, it, limitations at a, t- at a time, like because I was so skinny, I'm still kind of skinny, but uh, and I wasn't great wrestling. I could get, I could get through stuff by doing using comedy and using like, you know. So it became at start, it became like a way just to get through things. And then people actually started reacting to it and training. So then I kept, you know, so I kept going with it, and it worked for the first wee while being this purely comedy character, and like understand, like understand most of the, most like if I, any popularity I've got is down to most of my comedy stuff, or you know, so there is a place for me, you know, still to do it, but at a time it's just I was one hundred percent doing it. Right. Okay. So yeah. So I was trying to strike a balance as you were training at the same time um, mm-hmm. between between doing the comedy and and uh, actually throwing in a I, bit of wrestling in there at the same time. Yeah. Which um, I could not do at the start. Oh, <laughs> so so um, the, the, your pink and black attires has kind of followed you throughout, even when you went through the, the hobo stage, which we'll get to. Um, was, was Again, was that 
for any reason? Was it just the gear that you, you came across, or was it a little bit of tribute to Bret Hart or anything like that? What, what was the what was your reason uh, behind your attire? Gears, uh, that gear belonged to Jackie Grady first, because Jackie actually bought a set online that had uh, it was like bikers with the same design, and I was wrestling up in Reckless. I used to wear Daisy Dukes. Uh, I was a huge fan of Stevie Richards, and I was like, oh, oh, two seconds, Lily, oi, Lily, two seconds. Sorry. Hey, yeah, come on. So I stay a little break well. <laughs> there we go. Sorry about so, that. That's all right. I thought you said Billy at first. Not, this is a bit weird. But <laughs> I'm getting shouted at. But <laughs> it's uh, Willie, of course. Which you know, my nickname at school. Uh, but, uh, but uh, yeah. So so it was. Uh, uh, well, I think it goes by Jetstream Jack now. But it's, it's his his oh, yeah. gear. His gear originally. Yeah, because yeah, I was wrestling up in Reckless, and this is maybe my third or fourth match. And uh, he, oh, he said, you know, these might suit you a bit better than the Daisy Dukes. And I think originally the idea was for us to team together using the gear. Like we actually shot a wee vignette, in the you know, with that gear together, which that never panned out. But uh, yeah, I just loved the gear design, and due to no one else yet wearing a similar color scheme, I kind of just stuck with it, and. For a lot, a long time, I was just skint and couldn't afford new gear. But now it's kind of synonymous with me. So, yeah, absolutely right. There is. You think there would be a bit more because well, I mean, I suppose uh, the only other one I can think of that wears pink and black regularly would be Aspen Faith. I suppose that'd be the only other wrestler in Scotland that would wear that color scheme. Uh, not that exact gear, but that color scheme certainly. So it is definitely a. Uh, a rarity. Um, so you said one of your favourites was Stevie Richards. Was I mean, obviously he wasn't in the Royal Rumble game uh, unless he was an unlockable character. Uh, so, so what developed your love for Stevie Richards? When I was younger, I only had Sky One to watch wrestling on, which had oh, I can't remember the name of it. Was it? It was. I think it was WWF Afterburner or whatever it was called, which was oh, like the yeah. uh, Jonathan Coachman yeah. or something like that. Yeah, start, it was yeah. like the recap show. They'd have heat, and this is about 2002, 2003. So, a lot of my stuff came from watching like just the undercard from that time. And one feud that for some reason stuck in my head, I don't remember, I don't remember if it's actually any good with Steve Richards and Test. Don't know why, just one of those things that just stuck with me. And then, just because of that, just played Steve Richards in the games. And then, when I got a bit more, like when I was actually starting to watch older wrestling. Fell in love with the BWO, fell in love with Right to Censor. Hell, even like, you know, the sort of, oh, what was it? The game when we first came into WWE, dress up as like Dudley Boys, APA, you know? Yeah, I'm, think, I'm kind of reliving that at the moment through the, the Cultaholic classic. Uh, they do SmackDown, the SmackDown shows. And I didn't, I my first member, Stephen Richards, is, is Stephen Richards, uh, really. Uh, that's That was my first memory of. So just before Right to Censor. And then, of course, mm. we're back to Chronic uh, again. <laughs> don't know if I end up end up just come back to Chronic and everything. Uh, but yeah, so so uh, so it was. Did you go back and watch uh, a lot of ECW, or was it just just a bit more BWO stuff you picked up? Just like beat up like 
like another love of mine is uh, Death Matches, which you, you know you wouldn't expect from my style of wrestling, but uh, anything that like that was really violent to watch because I because I remember when I was younger, I what got me like I didn't ever stop wrestling at one point, but what sort of ignited the love for it again was seeing Sabu versus Abyss and the barbed wire match, the barbed wire massacre, I think it was called, when the, you know, the ropes are... Yeah, uh, I know what you're on about, yeah. yeah. So, I, I think that's when my, as I say, extreme levels of fandom really started with seeing that, and then kind of going from there. But I can't say ECW is not really one of my one of my favourites now, you know, it's, it's good, but I'm much prefer like old NWA, that's more my stuff. All right, so yeah, again, that's that's a, another bit of a tangent then, because it, it wasn't. I mean, they had things like, uh, oh, I'm trying to delve into the NWA knowledge I don't have, but like things like dog collar matches and mm-hmm. and that. So they had like ultra violent stuff that didn't rely heavily on barbed wire and explosions. It was just manly men battering each other. The thing is, my favorite match ever is I think it's Star. Is it Star Starcade? Starcade Two, I think it is. And it's uh, Tolly Blanchard and Magnum TA, the I Quit match inside the cage. My favourite match ever. And it's brutal. Oh, it's... I've only watched a little bit of Magnum TA, but as soon as I saw him, anytime I see him at all, I'm just like, oh, God, I wish that guy didn't have... What was that, a motorcycle accident or something like that? Something like that, yeah. That ended his his career, because he just... He looked like a star. He just looked huge. He, he had a bit of charisma about him. He had the all the moves, and he's just one of those guys that I suppose it's the same for like people that see Brody or something like Bruiser Brody uh, mm-hmm. that go, "Oh, this guy could have made it anywhere, but things happened that that uh, yes. didn't I mean didn't happen." But um, yeah, T- Mark Tia is just I, I guess just one of those guys I'm kind of enamoured by, but I haven't seen enough of his stuff to know why I'm enamoured by him. But he's just star. When you see him, oh, he's great. He's just like everything that a wrestler in that time period should have been, you know. Like he's absolutely fantastic, and so I think, it, like, I know I'm just putting on my sort of, you know, like couch booker hat or whatever it's called, but uh, him, him in the Lex Luger role when he was in the when he was in the Horseman and stuff like that would have been, you know. Yeah, it's just it's great. I mean, he's, he's still. He's still around, isn't he? But obviously not in a... He doesn't wrestle. Yeah. Uh, but he's still around. I, I just, again, it's one of those feelings I just get, that he's just got... I think he's still got something that he could probably put in if I don't know if he's part of NWA now. Uh, I think it's mostly like convention appearances and all that, you know? I'm sure his line's still still long and it's not like Virgil's at all. Um, so, so yeah, growing up, so Stephen, Stephen Richards being one of favourites. Uh, any other anyone any other ones that pop to mind that has been uh, big favourites? Even ones that you've well, went back to and ended up becoming fans of, like Tully and, and Magnum T. At the time, a lot of it was like uh, Kane Undertaker, because uh, as much as like I love wrestling, my first loves like comic books and stuff like that. And at the time, it's like comic books and cartoons, and uh, seeing characters like Kane and Undertaker who almost look like they've literally jumped out of them, you know, like uh, that was where that's what really sort of got me into wrestling a lot was. Because you know when you're three, when you're three or four, you don't look at it and go, "Oh, that worked great. That's really good." So it is. It's big spangly guys and you know big spangly suits and stuff like that, or you know, cart- literally cartoon characters. 
which uh, like there's, there's tons of ones that just stick to me. Things like you know, like Doink, uh, like especially from the gate from like the games. Doink, uh, Shawn Michaels even as kids. Uh, right, but most of my love as a kid were like was in that sort of '98 to 2001 sort of. That's when I was watching wrestling. Bang like, in the attitude era then. Yeah, so like Mick Foley. Uh, well, Mick Foley's not one of my favourites. Like, I think Mick Foley, uh, Stevie Richards, Undertaker when I was younger was my favourite. And as I've got older, I've obviously guys like in the Radicals and stuff like that, you know, like uh, and guys at Crash Holly, ones that weren't maybe as, you know, featured. You know, you get a, ten, a certain love for. Just for for our brief chat, I've got a feeling that the oddities and and the headbangers are probably in there as well. Just 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 pure characters, kind of thing, uh, being up there uh, as well. Yeah, it but, was like, yeah, it was anyone that uh, anyone that looked radically different, anyone that acted different. You know, would always stand out to me. So. Uh, is that what's that term? Is it toyetic? You know, when some when you can look at someone and go, ah, that'd be you know, you can't want to have a toy of him or you want to play, you know, something like that. Mm. It always get my eyes like if I was a kid now, the fiend would oh he'd be my you know, my guy. Just because that sort of it's so radically different and stands out. Oh yeah, I'm absolutely I mean, even at thirty now, I'm still like looking at things I'm looking at toys, I'm thinking, I'm thirty, I really shouldn't. But kind of want a fiend action figure because it just looks so mental and especially oh, in this, yeah. this kind of climate of wrestling where everyone's a really good wrestler but they're all dressed in in uh wrestling gear and then you see this mm-hmm. this clown uh this kind of morphic evil clown. murder clown that's also a, a tv presenter it's just so radically different and that's what makes it stand out so much you know yeah in that in that vein my, my first action figure was draws and it, I was drawn to it. I hadn't even seen Draws wrestle, but I was drawn to it because have you seen Draws? <laughs> it was just like the 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 plate uh, shorts and the, the piercings and the little mohawk thing. And then my second figure was Gold Dust, which again it came with a jacket. I was really kind of my, 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 I was buying it because it came with a robe because it looked amazing. And then Ken Shamrock was the third one. So it was just like that, that's a, a, a full remit. Wrestler, one that looks like a wrestler, one that looks totally mental, and then Goldust in the middle somewhere. And, and not even in between. He's looked pretty crazy as it was. Uh, so so characters was your was your big thing then. And nowadays is that kind of still the same? Looks like the fiend being one is, is that kind of the same thought? Yeah, it's kind I of know like, you're a big fan, Nick Cage uh, Nick Gage, is that right? Oh yeah, it's, like I said, anyone that uh it's the same way and like even with things like video games and stuff, if someone's got a unique design, the way they carry themselves different, the way they look different, you know, uh, that's what will get my attention. Because, you know, straight away, it's just someone that's different, someone that's, like Nick Gage, I think is absolutely fantastic. He's got that connection with the crowd as well, which is, oh, there was a match I watched uh, last year, it was him versus uh, Ricky Shane Page. And I don't think I've ever seen that level of passion from a crowd. Like literally, as Ricky Shane Page is going through, people are throwing drinks at him, sticking, you know, all sorts of vulgar hand signs up at him. And then when Nick Gage, so you would have thought that, you know, Jesus had just returned, it was something else, you know? 
yeah, certainly the the crowd really makes shows, which has made which has made shows at the moment very weird uh, when it mm. comes to to no crowd. Uh, but go back to to starting to watch wrestling. Did, were you aware of any Scottish wrestling around about that time? So eight years ago. So that's um, well, twenty twelve is when we started trading. That's when I actually started watching Scottish wrestling. Uh, so was, was there any shows that you'd went to previously, like from SWA around about that? You know, I. I'd seen some stuff on like YouTube here and there, just randomly googling like Scottish wrestling or whatever, and uh, but or seeing posters here and there, but I'd never actually done a deep dive into like Scottish wrestling. Like I knew the ones that appeared on like, say, like I knew Dr- McIntyre obviously through WWE, and uh, you know you hear about ones here and there, but uh, it was only when I went in for that deep dive when I was I was like right, I want to do a train, I want to go training. So I looked up SWA, I seen some uh, PBW and I seen some ICW at the time, but a lot of Scottish wrestling hadn't jumped on the, like, hadn't started putting stuff on, on YouTube yet, if you know what I mean. Like, it hadn't really sort of started e- expanding as big as it did. Yeah, so, I think it took, took a good, what, 2012 is when I started, so probably 2014, I think that's when it proper went, right, everyone's getting a YouTube channel and showing off what they can do mm-hmm. uh, kind of round about then so so yeah no, so when, when you went in and saw demo and and, and nikki you were just like and, and glenda bar these are just these are your trainers you haven't actually you haven't seen them do any of the work uh themselves i'd seen uh demo and i think i've seen demo and nikki because i think i remember like the month before icw released a full uh show i think it was insane in the membrane and I'd seen them on that, and I think that was literally the only concrete knowledge I knew going into, you know, that. All right. like, I hadn't been, hadn't been anything yet, I'd only seen that show on YouTube, and had a couple of, and because I, I like, I'd written down some of the names to look up, and then, well, the source, you know, demo of Nikki, and all that, those names sort of stuck for me, I was like, all right, I know them, or I know of them, you know. So when when you started training, was there a, was were you in a class? Is there anyone that's still around from when you started uh, in your class to now? I think. Uh, oh, it was a long time ago. I'm feeling so. I remember when I was I was late because you know getting somewhere for the first time is a nightmare, and the school was actually tucked away in a wee industrial unit. So take me ages to find it, and then I remember when I was when I was getting changed, there was. Uh, uh, what's your wrestler? Robbie Wishart, formerly known as Solar, and uh, Xander. Like, what's his second? Xander McGuire, is it? All right, uh, Govan Team. Yeah, Govan Team. I because uh, he, I think he, he trained for a bit with Source and then had some time away and then went with GPWA. But I specifically remember those were the first two people I talked to because I'd talked to Dave and then Dave said, "Oh, we'll get changed. We'll get some, you know, something sorted out." And I sat and talked with them, asking them about, you know, what kind of source, what source is like and what training's about and stuff like that. Yeah, they were the first two people I talked to. And in that class, I remember DCT was training and uh, I can't really remember anyone else. It was a lot of people, but again, it was that much, it was that much of a sort of, I just walked into this because it used to be in a bodybuilder gym. So you walk in and there's these, these, these Big Adonis is, you know, lifting weights and shit. They're, or weights, sorry, 
you know, right. sort of lifting weights and eat, you know. Uh, and then you go in and there's a wrestling ring and it's full of, you know, big burly wrestlers and all and I was just terrified. So I don't really remember everyone that was there. I can just remember going in and coming out and having to do bumped on a wee mat and just being like, oh, you know, nearly crying, laying down. Oh, I mean, they're terrified. If you see those big guys, you're thinking, oh, no, what if, what, what if one of them, what if, it's, if it becomes real? What's going to happen? I'm, I'm very small. <laughs> and going against these these humongous guys around the ring. Um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting class. So DCT traded with Xander, who, if, if you gave me 100 guesses, I would not have guessed he was there. <laughs> it was just, that seems like really random. But, uh, of course, uh, Robbie Wishart is... is uh, uh, well, the head trainers now at Source. Mm-hmm, yeah. So that's that's quite the journey that you saw him from training to now he's now he's running uh, the classes. I think he, he had, I think, literally just debuted like the week before I started training. Because I remember like mentioning that or whatever, and that was a long time ago. I'm trying to remember anyone else that was around that time. Uh, Dalen, actually, Dalen was there, but Dalen was doing the. Uh, other classes, like there, there was three levels of classes. There was, there was beginner, intermediate, and advanced. And Dalen was in the intermediate classes. I didn't meet him for a couple months, but I remember he, like he was around at that time, you know. And we'll, we'll certainly speak about uh, Dalen. He's actually my guest for for our next episode. Uh, well, at the moment, haven't recorded it, but he's the planned next episode. It's just kind of weird how the scheduling turned out that I'm getting one half of manager wrestling and then. Next episode is, is the other half. So that's, that's always good when it works out like that. Um, so you made your debut in 2014. Uh, comedy character, like you say, had the Hawaiian shirts on. I remember seeing photos of that. Uh, was a unicorn there at, at that point? Or that, that coming out uh, when Magic Wrestling was, was together? Yeah, the unicorn was around that time. It was around uh, Magic Wrestling time. Like uh, I, I actually remember my first show. I, ord- I had ordered uh, like, sort of generic gear. But I didn't arrive in time, so I was lucky enough to be wrestling against uh, Mr. Byers, who is one of my favourite people in wrestling. He had brought pleathers that he used to wear, proper indie wrestling. This is like a blue uh, diamond pleathers, and oh, oh, it was quite a look because still no no muscle mass, no nothing. Uh, you know, long hair, and I couldn't grow I couldn't grow any facial hair yet, so it was just sort of long hair. Horrible looking pleathers and kick pads that I oh, borrowed off someone. Gotta, gotta have the kick pads in if you get the pleathers. Oh, <laughs> I was very early 2000s and <laughs> it was quite a look. Yeah, I'm just imagine. Ironically, the first person I'm thinking of is Stephen Richards because they didn't he go through a period. Uh, I don't know if it was after Chronic where he would have the, the blue pleathers uh, with the little white flames at the bottom. Oh um, God! Yeah, those horrible. Oh. <laughs> oh, make a comeback. That, that's a that's a vision I never thought I'd, I'd come back into my brain. But yeah, he uh, still had the short hair at that point as well, so it looked super weird. Yeah, it looked like Rico, but Rico hadn't come round yet. <laughs> at least Rico had you know, nice, nice, you know, uh, tights or whatever. You know, he had the nice look. While Steve had the horrible blue. Like, oh, players need to make a comeback in indie wrestling, like. Well, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's no shows at the moment. Let's just start from scratch again. Let's just go. Yeah, uh, play, <laughs> play there's tribute shows. 
just all of it. Just, just all of it. Um, did you ever you say you did go to any indie shows before? But did you? Did, were you brought in? Did you get dragged into an, a tribute show at any point? Or are you quite lucky? Oh no, I, I was. The thing is, my parents like they've always been supportive, but my dad cannot stand wrestling. He thinks it's the most stupid thing in the world, and I can't really blame him. You know. And I remember we we're in ha- Haven Holiday Camp, and I was like eight years old or something like that. I remember seeing a poster, get show, and I one hundred percent thought it was real. I'm pointing at it, going, "Dad, Dad, can we go? Can we go?" And he's just like, "We're not going." Yeah, I, I think my, my dad's got the same. He he took me to one, and it was like, I've said I've said this many podcasts. I have so little memory of it, other than there was a fake mankind. And there was a fan that got attacked by mankind during it. Uh, and as soon as it ended, he turned to me and went, well, I'm not taking to any of them shows again. That was the worst <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Uh, and ironically, the next time I went to see wrestling, it was for my 16th birthday and it was WWE and he ended up coming along. So it was, it was <laughs> one of those, it was so funny going to those shows though, because WWE once, not the tribute once, it was awful. But it was like, mom and dad would take me because I couldn't drive, it was in Aberdeen. And I would, music would go, and I'd be like, yes, it's so-and-so. And mum would go, oh, I remember yeah. them. <laughs> and, we, and then uh, and once we both started tuning, I'd go, oh, right, okay, we're clapping oh, this one. Some... <laughs> we're clapping this one. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, I had an idea. But um, I was the only one he, he went to after that. He was like, no, it's all right. I've, I've done it now. It's one wrestling show. No, I've seen the wrestling. I've seen all the wrestling. Don't need to see any more. That's it. Uh, so how long was it between you, Dave Ewing, and then manager wrestling coming about with Dylan? Uh, that was one show. So I had uh, debuted against Mr. Byers. And m- myself and Dylan were best pals. Like uh, We met on specific, our specific members at a party on Boxing Day at 12. And I was, like, I used to drink back then, and I was very, very drunk. I just remember meeting Dalen, and he, I think he was wearing, like, an ROH, something, something like indie wrestling. And we just started talking about all sorts of wrestling. And it kind of just went from there, where we became sort of, because we were both, like, like, I'm not saying, like, really into wrestling, if you know what I mean, like, learning about, like, weird Japanese wrestlers that no one's ever heard of, talking about that sort of stuff, you know? Like we were really deep into it, and we just sort of friendship sort of started from there. And then because me and him were training around the same time, at all you know we were trained together all the time. And it was Dale that actually pushed for us to team together because his initial idea was uh, like Coke Cabana and CM Punk. Because at a time he wanted to be a serious wrestler. That's changed a lot <laughs> since then. He wanted to be this sort of serious wrestler. He wanted me to be as sort of you know like comedy foil or you know. And he actually pitched that to Demo at the time, and Demo said, oh, I'm not putting this together. No way. Show later. Matter Wrestling's born. And who and came up with n- the name? Uh, I can't actually remember. We had, I remember we had a big uh, printed out like Word document full of potential names, and none of them got used. They were, they were really bad. And I remember, because we actually put together to hide each other's weaknesses, because at the time, Dylan wasn't great at promos, wasn't a, you know, great with a character. And I couldn't wrestle. I just couldn't wrestle. I was useless, you know. So we're kind of put together to hide each other's weaknesses. So it kind of worked in that way, but I can't remember where the name came from because I remember we had always, we literally had the notes and names 
And we walked up and we were and we, we seen the call sheet. We're like, oh, match of wrestling. Guess that'll do, right? Let's do this. Um, yeah, yeah. That seems to be an interesting way to do it. Yeah. Um, did you find that like working in front of a crowd and actually getting them involved and interacting and being the funny guy was that, uh, or what? delve humongously deep into it because you know we try to keep this as possible we'll speak about um you being a mental health survivor or, or at least living with depression did you find making people laugh just being your kind of coping mechanism and that's why you're able to find be so comfortable doing it while wrestling oh, yeah. and being the comedy guy yeah it came out like uh it came out of just being like like the first show up just pure energy you know because you're so excited about debuting and interacting with the crowd kind of just came naturally there. And the thing is, see, when you're wrestling and it's in front of a silence and people are doing nothing, like the crowd, just, there is nothing worse. Everything, oh, it's awful. But if you've got that a crowd that are behind you, it's almost like a not a safety blanket, but it's kind of like it motivates you, and you've got this uh, you know drive behind you because you know you're doing a good job. And uh, yeah, it kind of that kind of came from there. Just this. Uh, because the thing is, at the end of the day, if I have a match, I've, uh, I always think, was it a good match or a bad match? But the only thing I really care about is these people paid to see me. Did they have a good time? So I'm always making sure that, you know, make sure someone's entertained, make sure they're, you know, laughing or interacting, you know? Like, because at the end of the day, all that matters with wrestling is making sure that fans go home happy. Oh, and yeah. giving them a good time. Like, if... And it's the way, like the way I've always sort of thought to myself about it is, I've talked to like, like Dalen knows this. I've talked to him a lot of times about it, and at the end of the day, I don't really care how the match went. It's if I made one person's life a bit easier that day because maybe they laughed, you know, they enjoyed seeing my match, and then them forget about what's going on in their life, you know. And if I make one person feel like that, that's all I really care about. Absolutely, I mean, wrestling is for a lot of us that watching this or listening or are even interested in wrestling at all is is your escape um because mm -hmm. i mean i know for myself i i was just i'm still i'm quite an anxious person quite a lonely uh, lo not lonely because i have lots of people around me but i'm, I'm quite happy in my own company mm -hmm. and uh, wrestling is my my escape so I, that's what i like to do and uh in you saying that it being just making one person happy that's enough i mean i remember um, I think I spoke about it in a past interview, probably with Scotty Swift, because we spoke for four hours. It was probably brought up then. Uh, that going to my dog died a week, one week, and uh, uh, one week, like it was a regular occurrence, right? But he <laughs> passed away, uh, and I was there. He was put down, and it was very sad. Uh, I was crying. Everyone was crying because you know dogs are the best. Yeah, and then the, world. and the Saturday, like two days later, I think it was. Um, I went to go see WrestleZone and uh, I had no interest in going really. I just bought the ticket. I'd had the tickets bought and I was like, right, okay, I'll just go to the wrestling then just because I've got tickets. It'll distract me um, from watching the dog getting put down. And mm -hmm. for that three hours, my face, I, I, had a, I took a picture of me before the show thinking I was smiling and I looked like I was the most unhappiest person in the world. But mm -hmm. uh, it was just that three hours was the Best. That was all. I, that's what I needed. I needed that escapism. I needed people just being a bit stupid in a ring for for a couple hours. And it's just wrestling itself is just 
it's a weird it's it's a pantomime a year all year round where it just cheers people up and in your point it's moments it's it's that's why i don't i did i do reviews on the site but i like to just i prefer to do shows that i've i've went to see live because i can feel it and you get the atmosphere i feel like i write better because of that i don't want to go mm -hmm. well so and so did a wrist lock and it was a really nice wrist lock and they did this and then oh whereas i could just go a guy kicked him in the head it was amazing that was mm -hmm. the best part of the show so so it was just yeah. yeah i'm absolutely with you with with uh with that and um i mean some of your antics as has popped up on in gif form and video form including your your highland dancing from one of the uh, last source shows with uh, Brandon Adams, Sammy Joe, and, and Jack, actually yeah. Jack himself. Um, so from that point, that bit, that Highland Dancing particularly, who came up with that? Who, whose idea? That was, uh, I think, so we were sort of trying to put the match together and the match card got shuffled around. So everyone's sort of packing a bit and I'm sort of, we're sort of trying to figure out what we're going to do. And then Sammy just says in the offhand, oh, it's one, why don't we do some, you know, Highland Dancing? And I was like, oh, sounds all right. I had no clue what I'm doing. And I intentionally said to Sammy, don't tell me anything. Let's just go with it, you know? And, uh, oh, she's absolutely genius. Like, it was, that was her that came up with that. The whole bit when Gran, uh, Gran Adams spun, spins out. Oh, I spin out and then he gets me with a discus. Oh, it was absolutely brilliant. That's actually one of my proudest matches because, like we said, we were on first and it was horrible. The school was freezing. It was a horrible weather outside, but people still came to see us. And we started off that show and made people laugh. You know, when it's that hot. Also, one of my favourite moments from that show was, I think it was about halfway through it. Yeah, it was uh, first half main. Matt McIver comes out. Oh, that was my first thought came to my head. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> and he, so he's trying to get him to boom. And he, he looks over and he sees the radiator or the heater. And he goes over, turns it off and goes... <laughs> oh brilliant and everyone's booing him <laughs> and then I think he was wrestling I think it was Luke Aldridge I think so Luke came out come on and, and then went, went and, oh and turned it back on and oh it was amazing because that's was... the kind of stuff that's the kind of stuff that makes me so, that makes me happy to be a wrestler just seeing fun like that you know yeah that's what I thought I didn't know if it was from the same show but I thought it was around about the same time but I remember seeing the video of, of Grant just Switching off the radiator and getting this mountain of booze from people. It's just like how how no bumps involved. He didn't have to hurt himself. He just literally switched off a radiator and got the probably one of the biggest booze of the night just because of that. Uh, we look at stuff like that. You think, God, this wrestling stuff's easy, isn't it? You don't have to. It's just as long as you get the reaction. But uh, if if it was all that that simple, you didn't actually have to take bumps. I think I would actually want to be more involved with it than, than I am but I'll, at the moment I'll stick behind the screen uh, and and uh, keep it safely there um, as, as if you've listened to any of these podcasts we do fly around timelines quite a bit um, but we'll go back to Reckless Tent uh, you said you got your gear from I don't know if you're, if you're noticing I'm using a lot of hands I watched the Steve Austin podcast with Bailey recently <laughs> and he's, a, he's very much a hand speaker and yeah. I seem to do that every time I watch more Steve Austin podcast. Um, let's play it again. Reckless Intent. Uh, you, you got your gear from from Jetstream Jack. You also won your mm -hmm. first and, am I right in thinking, only wrestling title so far. 
Reckless Intent Hardcore Championship. Up to this moment, yeah. Uh, how did it feel starting off from 2012 training to knowing that you actually got your hands on a title, ever, however fleeting it was, because it was a 24-7 title? It was... It was something special, like uh, something like you always get a sort of feeling whenever you wrestle a match, or even just put your gear on, you know this sort of. But that when even when I just held the title after I won it for a minute and a half, you know, it was amazing. It was just sort of like it was almost like time stopped, and I was just like, oh, you know, I done it, you know. I've like if I if I quit after that match, I would have been happy because. I won, so I won a belt, you know, it's, even though it was a 24-7 belt for like two minutes, it's now, so it's now like, it's on my record, if you mean that I have won a, a championship in wrestling, you know, which was mental, and getting rolled up for it straight away, that was really fun as well. well especially my, my, favorite, my favorite bit actually was just uh, putting my hands on my head afterwards and almost crying, <laughs> and, like, and get, just... Because I my character in the Intent early on was it was close to like a male stripper that sort of you know because uh, I was skinny and I was like right I can't be a I'm a big you know bruiser character so I was like hey, I'll just go you know completely in the ego maniac direction so I was like right tantrum Christian time let's do this <laughs> and that was amazing afterwards I had a lot of fun, I had a lot of fun up in the Intent when I was there early on. Yeah, I mean, and now you can say that you won the same title that, that the likes of Doug Williams has held because he won it for like an hour <laughs> in uh, oh, yeah. the about Discovery Wrestling uh, uh, and others who every day I'm popping up with got subsequently cancelled in June. Uh, but there was, there's, there's a lot of names in there that have held that, that belt uh, that I I think I have a record of it on, well, it's not on the website oh, at the moment. Uh, I had a record it, I think. Sugar Dunk. Yes, uh, Sugar Duncan. I think he won. Yeah. yeah, so the some of the biggest biggest names in, in Scottish and independent wrestling have held that title, and you're in that list. Right at the top of the list. <laughs> right. the shortest reign, and your you know, precedent suit was you know, shortest to longest, right at the bottom. Yeah, uh, still, but, still still on the list. That's the most important yeah. thing. Uh, so, how did you go from uh, the manliest man in wrestling, manager wrestling, to the street rat? Uh, well, oh, the thing is now I've got uh, now like I've picked up this sort of thing of I really always I'm always thinking about what to sort of do next. Whether it be like a tiny change to my character, where it be like even something as simple as new music, a new look, or a new like say style of wrestling. So I'm always thinking about what to do next. Because then you'll you'll look at guys like say Matt Hardy or Chris Jericho who are geniuses with reinventing themselves. And it's for my first two years in wrestling, I was doing the manliest man gimmick. And I was dressing the same way, coming to the same music, wrestling basically almost the same way. And I started feeling a bit down on it because I wasn't, I was having the same stuff. I wasn't pushing myself forward, you know. So myself and Dale and actually taking a year out from teaming together. Like the idea was because we had teamed too much, we didn't want to become a crutch on each other. So it was like, we'd still manage each other occasionally, but we'd focus more on singles stuff, like matches. And that's what, and the idea was he could develop on his like character and parts like that, and I could develop on my wrestling. And my idea was, what would Manlin do now? Because he's now been ripped apart. 
and I my idea my first idea was he's got nothing, he's homeless. You know, so I can and that can I could kinda of get closer to the image that I wanted to be as a wrestler, you know. So I thought I'd go with the sort more homeless because then in theory I could be a bit more aggressive and I could sort of change the way I wrestle to go with that character. And I was still doing quite a lot of comedy stuff with occasional bits of wrestling. And then I remember it was a match with Sean Walker when the King of the Streets was the perfect time to just go full serious for that one bit. So then that means, I, so when I got the new nickname, that was a different look, different sort of attitude, you know. So that, that was when I'd say I like, almost completed my transformation from a comedy guy to an actual wrestler, if you, if you get what I mean. Mm. Like a wrestler who can just do comedy. So it was kind of like, just, I, uh, like change, just had to change with the times and that's kind of how it went. Yeah. I mean, the the, the match at the King of Streets, of course, uh, Sean Walker uh, was this... this Ginger white guy, very creative, but he thought he was he was black. That was the that was the, that was mm-hmm. the character. Uh, so when when he came about with that character initially, was there a part you just going, "Hud up, <laughs> you're, you're you're doing a street gimmick. I'm doing a street gimmick," or was it just a, a case of whoever was in charge just went right? You guys are doing street gimmicks. We're pretty put this together, or was it was there a bit of creative involvement from the two years? It was so that we had three matches in total on shows. So actually, not so like we had four. So we had four battles. This is before he was, you know, he was doing that gimmick. He was, I think, he went by the hero killer at the start. So we done that. He done that gimmick at first, and then uh, in our second match, we had a really good. Like this was just a, a showcase, and it was just a case of me and him were there, you know. So we had a really good match, and we were sitting afterwards going, maybe we could actually, you know do something here and because the match was like good the next I think it wasn't next show it was a couple of shows afterwards we put together again and again we had a really good match and it's only after that me and uh, Sean sat, sat down and went here that we could actually do something here and he, he mentioned the king, like the idea of the King of the Streets match and I was just like yep that sounds great because I've got a love for like I said my love for like violent or hardcore wrestling or you know more Excuse me. There's more stuff like that, and he pitched it. And next thing I know, we're coming in with, with weapons and all that to use, and try to come up with ideas. And yeah, I, honestly, at the end of the day, that's my that's my favorite match I've ever done. Like that's gonna be, at the end of the day, that's gonna be the one I'm gonna remember and go, "Hi, there we go." You know, that's the one I'm proudest of. Because I remember, Ooh, yeah, I remember. I said, my, my mum and dad don't, well, my mum, my dad doesn't care, watch wrestling or doesn't want, but I got him to whinge, over, not whinge, uh, cringe over something, because there was a moment in the match where we're on the outside and we set up chair, like two chairs like that, and I hit like a spinning suplex from the apron onto the floor through the chairs, and I literally remember waking up and looking up and seeing my dad just going like, oh, because it looked horrible, I was like, here we go, I've done it. <laughs> and uh, Oh. The thing is, that wasn't the source thing. It was getting hit with a trolley that hurt the most. Like I got hit, he ran a trolley into me, and I felt my skeleton move, but my body stayed still. That was, oh, that was grim. Oh right, yeah. I've, so I, yeah, your your bones rattling. 
It's yeah. dead at all, man. Uh, but, I mean, this might not be the most memorable match you've ever had, though, because uh, according to my research, you have an elimination over uh, Papa Shango in SWA Battle Zone. Uh, yep. you, you, as uh, <coughs> and some others, uh, eliminated uh, Papa Shango from the Battle Zone. How, I mean, as, as a fan of growing up of, of these wacky characters and things like that, how weird was that? <laughs> come here. Play. That was absolutely amazing. Like, because I'm, I'm, one thing I always remember is we were, uh, we're setting the ring up and, you know, big Papa Shango, best pals with the Godfather, of course. Of course. Uh, so we're sitting, setting the ring up and I remember the Godfather came up and he was a bit hungover from the night before. And says, "Oh, I've got to stretch off to, you know, get rid of this." And he just started doing the whole train as he's as he's going down the arena, just doing the wee whole train dance. And that's him stretching off. And I was just like, "This is this is amazing. I've made it. I've, that's it. I'll never wrestling will never be any better than this." So, and I remember, uh, I, like, he came over and talked, like, talked to me, and he talked about everyone saying like, hi to them. And we were sitting in the in the back, and. The call sheet then got up to about half time about what was happening in the in the battle zone, and then it pops up and I see like there's ten people, then Papa Shango, and then me, and I'm just like, hey, I've got this chance, and I remember I went up to him and says, because uh, he said, you know, his idea was straight away is like, I don't want to spend as, as much as little time as I do because it has to get changed. It'll, has to go tell his friend the godfather to go you know and get ready so i said to him like hey uh, uh you know i've got kind of got an idea uh, could we do this little thing like i was literally like i'm in uh, you know bump dumbar bump uh fuzzy and then i turn around and shank, like i'll do the back like the horror movie so i sort of back up to him and he's right behind me turn around the big screen myself and then you know we all sort of chuck him out or i chuck him out and he was just like, oh, yeah, brother, that's a great idea. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> and it was just the idea of, like, because I was sitting back, I was sitting backstage afterwards, you know, just going, like, Hogan never got a pinfall victory over Papa Shango. Warrior didn't either. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, it just sounds, so I, I, if I'd be lucky enough to meet very, a few wrestlers from my childhood, uh, like like Billy Gunn and all that kind of stuff, and it's still crazy to think that, that you meet these people, but to actually have a a spot with yeah with the shark, and now just all I can see is just like him hunched over, just doing the whole train down a down a wee hall now, and that's, that's all amazing. I can see. Uh, oh, was, was in your head just going choo 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 choo. I, I had his music playing in the background just. Because I think I was, I think I was talking to like Matt Daly or something at the time. Like, uh, I was just, I think I was at Bruce in the hall, and we could, we overheard him down there. And he was looked up, and he's just coming towards us, going like, "Oh, it was amazing! <laughs> oh, <it's> the best!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so in your travels in wrestling, you've you've obviously wrestled in Source, uh, SWA, uh, along with with Pride, um, and Keith Ness Pro Wrestling. So, Keith Ness, that's a bit out of the way. So what's it like uh, traveling? Well, past where I am, I'm in the northeast. So uh, up in up in to, would be Thurso, I'm guessing Wicker Thurso. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Yeah. 
that was amazing. That was really, it was a great experience. Like, uh, uh, so we went up and the guy, the promoter was looking at, was, you know, gracious enough to put us up for the night. So it was literally like this big wrestler sleepover. And, uh, Remember, like, I, and I love long, long journeys. Like, I'm not a driver, so I'm not, you know, I can hardly say how horrible a drive was or anything like that, but I, I loved it because I was just sitting in the back and it was a beautiful journey up. Like, once you Inverness, because it's like motorways until then, and then it's big, beautiful country roads and, uh, you know, big old, you know, like country houses and then wee villages and but, like hills and all that. It's absolutely beautiful. And I was just sitting and and most of the time I'd be driving up, it'd be me in Dunbar, uh, you know, Robbie Wishart, Lucha DS, and Dalen. And we would just sit and talk for ages about just... We'd talk about wrestling for the first half hour, and then we'd get bored of wrestling and talk about other stuff and all that, and then we just enjoying the journey. It was amazing, you know? Yeah, and it's, then, it's definitely from a different crowd as well, being so far, far away. Oh, yeah. So. And... It was amazing getting to wrestle there because it was just so different from you know in before. Because I think my fr- I was in the battle, I was in a battle royal at first, and I don't know what I did, but people liked me. And my second match was against uh, uh, the machine, and that was absolutely amazing as well. And suddenly, just kids liked me and they were cheering for me, and they were like, "I could do anything that you'd be reacting," you know. And I remember on the third show, it was me and Matt Daly, and we went and we were out first, and we had a like, really good match. And I remember the crowd was oh, it was so much fun. And Matt Daly is absolutely brilliant as well. It was mostly him doing stuff, and me just standing there going, punch, punch, you know. But oh, Matt Daly doesn't get enough credit. He's amazing. Um, case, case Ness, I mean, Especially when I watch some of their shows when they're on YouTube, yeah, the crowd's just rabid for it. I think it's mainly because at that point, I think they only did like four or five shows a year. Mm-hmm. And other than that, maybe WTL would pop up once uh, during that time. Uh, so six shows a year, you got to enjoy the wrestling while you can get it. Yeah. And <laughs> so, I don't, I'm at, like, when I was up there, I don't, it was mostly like small villages and stuff like that. So it, it was, it was absolutely lovely, you know, being there, but I was like, don't imagine there's much. Well, they're probably rabid for stuff because I remember uh, we're talking to some of the guys that rest up there, and they were saying how they had to go to I think I can't remember what show it was that was up there, but they had to go to like Inverness, which is like a three-hour drive away. And I found I found that insane because you know I lived in Glasgow in my life, and now I'm in Kirkendall. I'm like I'm 20 minutes away from the you know city centre. <laughs> it's the idea of driving three hours for a gig, I'm just, you know. Yeah, I mean, well, we, for myself, El- Elgin, so we get W3L once a year. That's that's uh, usually around about my birthday, which is great, because uh, usually some sort of shenanigans happen with the Bulgarian baker. Uh, and then if I want to go to shows any time of the year, it's an hour and a half to Aberdeen, um, which it doesn't sound long, but Aberdeen's just a pain in the arse to drive in. Uh, if I can avoid it, I usually get my wife to drive it, go, oh, we'll go to Pizza Hut. Um, and that's an hour and a half there, hour and a half back, you know. Yeah, and then Inverness, it's about it's about forty five an hour, uh, depending on traffic as well. Uh, so it's it's bang in the middle of, of plenty of wrestling, but it's just just like like you say, it's it's, it's three hours travel uh, for a show, um, and then if you're going, you'd be as well get food. So it's it's a whole day event if you're going to the wrestling. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a whole day thing. Whereas Glasgow, it could be just oh, 
I need to get the train. Uh, or I need to get a yeah. bus over to 20 minutes away. There we go. There's the show. And then plenty of places mm-hmm. round about to eat afterwards. Um, it is a little bit different. It's, it's a bit weird. That's why I've, I kind of... There's many reasons why I set up OSW TV and then SWN because I want to know about everything that's happening, but I can't go yeah. to it because I'm so far away from everything uh, as well. Um, but speaking of doing the podcast, things like that, um, you're starting your own one. You probably would have started it by the time this this episode goes out in February, uh, called Word on the Street. Uh, mm-hmm. The first guest being with Scott McManus. What what was your what was your inspiration behind starting your own podcast series? Uh, well, it's it kind of just came out of what I sort of my own sort of things I like listening to or like or enjoy uh, watching. Like I watch a lot of YouTube about like, and I think I love is video games and game collectors, and just here and there sort of passion for it. I was like, I'm, no. I, re- I realized it doesn't matter if any if it's something I'm not really interested in. I'll sit and listen to someone if they're passionate about it. And it's, I just wanted to, and my, that was my idea, was just have people on to talk about, like, not necessarily wrestling. It just happens to be my, a lot of my social circle is wrestling, you know. But my idea was to, like, talk to, like, Scott, uh, like Scott McManus was to talk about, maybe to start off with the wrestling and how that's how we met and just go from there because, uh, uh, you wanted like I think that's one thing we're going to talk about. We're both uh, we both work in care, and to kind of you know talk about that and our inspirations behind that, and then just talk about other stuff in our life. And is uh, he's also a big you know uh, he's got a lot of animals. Talk about you know stuff like that, and it was just that was just my original idea. And then I've got pals that work in TV. I've got you know my fiance is an artist, and just get as many different life experiences on that you know we can get. Because I'm, I'm a ner- I'm a nerdy, boring white guy. There's only so much I can experience, you know. So I just hear about you know a bunch of other people's, that'll be a bit more interesting. And also, why not just give it a try? Same idea as wrestling. Absolutely. I mean, well, we when I started this. This was just kind of like it's there's lockdown. I need to do something because I can't write about it anymore. So try a podcast. Podcasting is not that difficult. I think any, any anyone with with uh, internet connection and a microphone can really do podcasting. Uh, whether they do it well is a total other matter at all. But I've always said any idiot can do a podcast because I could do one um, as well. So it's just it's a, it's also a nice way because of all this lockdown things happening. Um, it's a nice way to actually interact with people. <laughs> so that's, that's the, also the plus point. So I think outside of of my wife and my dog. This is the only way I speak to other people. Um, they're like, I'm in a job that involves customer services, which, you know, you don't really want to speak to them if you want to avoid it. Uh, but but uh, yeah, so this is the only nice way to speak about anything. And uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of the same. I kind of want to speak about wrestling because that's the thing I know more about. But we end up speaking about dinosaurs, which we will get to. Uh, but uh, we end up speaking about anything in between just because wrestlers just don't, the whole life isn't wrestling. It's, it's yeah, other talk. things. That's well. what I've realised. When I when I get close to something, like I've got quite a lot of really close friends in wrestling, but I've noticed the ones I get really close with are the ones that I connect with on other things, like uh, like movies or you know any sort of other cultural stuff. Because we talk about wrestling all the time, you get bored of it eventually, you know. Because myself and Dale were just talking about like 
like nerdy, like me and him differ a lot on movies and stuff like that, and our sort of taste. Like, I'm a I'm an absolute snob. I'll admit that. But you know, like love of comic books and movies and stuff like that went from there, and uh, you know, I get like, my fuzzy. It's close to like you know stuff like working in care, and then again, because most wrestlers are nerds, there's usually something we can you know talk to about that, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, if you get into wrestling, there's some sort of, of uh, hero complex, isn't the word, but like superhero complex, where you want to be the the big hero conquering or the big villain or, or something like that. There, there's always, even if you don't say uh, you like comic books or don't think you like comic books, uh, that superhero thing must be in the back of your head going, um, well, I need the crowd to, to cheer me because I am the all-conquering, I am the, the hero and or something like that. Um, favourite, what would be your, your say, top five favourite comic book heroes or villains or uh, characters? Well, my favourite team ever is a group of the Young Avengers which Marvel done a initial five issue run and it's one of my, it's my favourite comic book ever it's just like uh, there was a time when the Avengers weren't about in the comics and it was these people who are kind of connected to the Avengers as like one of them is uh, Ant-Man's daughter one of them is uh, you know ends up being Scarlet Witch's son well two, two of them actually two of them end up being like Witch and Vision's son and it's they kind of have to fill the void in that time, and it's really, it's absolutely amazing. It's my favorite comic book ever. Uh, I can't, and more people need to read Young Avengers. <laughs> Marvel needs to do something with them because they're not doing anything with them. Uh, I think I like. I went through a big thing of reading the Hulk now. Like there was a run called the Immortal Hulk, which was absolutely amazing. Uh, and then there's obvious ones like Batman, Wolverine. You know. Uh, I've not read as many comic books as I have, you know, as I used to. Just due to like, because it used to be part of my thing is I'd you know be working or I'd be wrestling, and then I'd go to like from planet on the way back or something like that, you know. So obviously about that, you know, I've not had as much as much recently. You get back into it. Yeah, I mean, I'm more into the films. I'll, I'll, I'll readily admit that I love my superheroes, I like my comics and uh, comic mm-hmm. characters, but uh, most of mine comes from the film franchises. I mean, I can probably count on one hand how many comics I've actually read in my life, but my favourite one being Watchmen. Um, oh. uh, it's one that I actually just I've read several of so many times and then I watched mm-hmm. the film and I thought this is this is what I wanted. I'm quite happy I didn't have the the black the tail of black freighter in there because it was a bit of a drag in the middle of it. Uh, but and, and the ending was changed of course because it didn't have the giant oct- uh, giant squid and all that kind of have stuff. Seen, have you seen the new T V series? I started watching it. It, it just, I, I think I need to give it an go because it didn't really grip me right away. Um, it starts off slow, but it's it's really good. It's worth it. But I, I know it, it starts. It, it has the uh, it has its timeline is from the the squid the attack. Comic, yeah, yeah, it's from the squid. Because my mother in law's watching it and they have to explain to her. No, no, the giant squid's in it. It's from the comic. Not this. Isn't a sequel to the show, the movie? And she's just like, <sighs> you know. I know. As soon as I started, I thought. Will it be? And then they had the rain, and I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, okay, it's that's the squid. It's okay, cool. I'm with it." But yeah, I just, I just, I started and then I just stopped. Um, but I'll, I'll get there. I'll get back to it eventually. Um, right, we've got loads of questions in, so I'm going to try and get through them. Uh, but before we do that, what's your favorite dinosaur? Uh, as I, I think every, every kid from my age loved it. We'd go to like Jurassic Park and stuff. As a kid, it was Velociraptor, but I was also terrified of them. And then it was Ankle, Ankle, 
can't say it right, Ankylosaurus, you know, the ones with the big, uh, uh, the big ball tails, push up things, purely because I had a game called Jurassic Park Warpath, and I always played as one of them in it. So Velociraptor is a very popular choice. Ankylosaurus is coming up quite a lot nowadays. I don't know if I'm just picking people that, have, that were around for Jurassic Park originally that, that uh, I've seen the Ankylosaurus or, or what have you, but uh, yeah, it seems to be popular. I thought it was a made-up one for which some the first person said it, and then uh, I know I know of it. I just couldn't remember the name of it at the time. Anyway, we'll go to the questions. Uh, Taylor Vite, he's got quite a few, so we'll get through that. Oh. He, he's asked, "Am I still top of your wrestlers? I'd like to kiss list, or is Ibushi finally claimed top spot? And who are the other most kissable wrestlers?" Oh, it's close. I mean. I don't know, I'll have to, have to see his quota, but she, oh, I don't know how he is aged so well, because he's like nearly 40 and he looks like 17. He's, it doesn't, he also helps, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world and most mental as well from what I've seen. Have you seen that video of him at, I think it was XWA down in England, and he's got a, fire, a lit firework in his hand, it's going off and he does a moonsault as it's going off, oh it's the best. Yeah, I've, I've seen that, and I've also seen him being used as a weapon during a, a Sammy Jane match. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah. I've never. I, I'll be honest, Japanese wrestling—that's just not my my thing. I just I, I haven't watched enough of it. But um, from what I've seen of Kota Ibushi, every time I see a GIF of his, I'm just like, how? <laughs> how are you still? How are you so scar free and alive <laughs> when, when you see his so horrific. Uh, so yeah, who else? We've got Taylor Vite, we've got Kota Ibushi. Taylor who Fight, else Kota is the most kissable uh, wrestlers? I'm trying to think. Uh, Rusev, definitely. My big beautiful boy. Uh, and I think ADM, I think he's got a gruff exterior, but I think he's a kind, compassionate man underneath that. Uh, I'm sure his best, his best friend, Emily Hayden, would agree as well. But <laughs> <laughs> he's going to hate me for saying that. And uh, um, so I'm not even sorry about I'll, it. <laughs> so, I'll you. It's okay. So, so I gave that gave us four. Let's round off with the, the nice clean five. Who who'd be your fifth uh, most kissable? Try to think. Can't think it. I've literally forgotten every single LC crush because you know. Of course, uh, he's, uh, what got me, he's, he's what got me into wrestling. So I think I should give him a wee peck, a wee peck in the cheek just to thank him for that. Are we sticking with with Chronic Crush or I mean Conan's Conan Crush is a bit key or or uh, Demolition with the leather? I think maybe Conan Crush is more the one you'd want to bring up to your parents to let them meet because I think you'd be a bit wary if you brought back like Prison Crush or like uh, Demolition Chronic Crush would be a bit weird yeah. one to bring back as well. To be honest, yeah. So I, th- I think maybe we could start off with, with Crush from uh, the Hawaiian era and then sort of edge our way into the other ones. You know, I was always a Shaka Bra and. Uh, Making kids cry, bra, and, and all that kind of stuff. There you go. Shout out to OSW Review for that. My boys. Uh, uh, um, oh, and Japanese Traitor Crush. Oh, there's so many crushes you could choose from. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, what, what a guy. Rest in peace. Uh, we'll move on from that. Uh, he's also <laughs> asked... The right also asked... <laughs> who, we were speaking about the tribute shows earlier. He asked, uh, oh. who, who would you want to be on a WWF tribute show and... Who would you actually end up being? So, I think like me and him, me and uh, they have a love for these. Like we'll sit back, you know, we'll sit as training's going on and go here, 
Can you imagine? So that's where the joke. So there's a joke that we always refer to Fuzzy as Taz and say how he'd get over as if he put on a, a, a you know, single and just sort of suplex people. So we, we'll sit to each other and just go, oh, there's Fuzzy hit a Tazplex. Oh, he's hit the. It's the ones that literally everyone does is the Taz something. Oh, it's amazing. Pop, pops us every time. Uh, but so I'd want to be someone like a like long hair. Let me think. Okay, crush. Go with a crush. Even though I'm the I'm the shortest tall guy, I'd love to be a, like what era crush would I could I do? Probably probably prison crush. Just get the sharpie and you know just paint a tattoo on like he did. But well, I was I mean I was thinking Japanese traitor crush. You know with the the kicks, just lots oh, of yes. kicks and whoa. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Oh, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go with I'll, I want to be that era crush. Uh, Mullet as well. It's a mullet. You got. I mean, oh, you can't say it's a mullet. Just need to go to the hairdressers that used to, that is not far from Tort and just get a big perm just as I come in. Uh, like I said, I'd love to do that. But now that I've got, now that uh, lockdowns hit me and I've been lazy, I'm probably going to end up being a Mick Foley or something. Like that. No offense to Mick Foley. I absolutely love Mick Foley, but you know, long hair, beard, and. So would you be just a Cactus Jack, or would you go for a? A mankind just get a shirt and tie and just a, a mask. Oh, TNA Mick Foley, get the big oh, uh, yes. shirt on. <laughs> Former TNA champion Mick Foley. I popped up on my YouTube yesterday. At what weird timing for, for that to pop up. Um, I loved Mick Foley's TNA run. It was so awfully brilliant. I mean, like, genuinely, I think the match he had with Rick, his last match against Rick Flair, I genuinely think that was a good, a good one. Because I, oh, hand on heart, I love Ric Flair in his old age, just being a deathmatch wrestler. It's great. I well, did he have a, a match in ECW, in WWE ECW, uh, where he ended up just, I don't know what happened, but he, of course he bled, because Ric Flair. Uh, and then they get choke slammed on on, uh, on drawn pins. It was like him <laughs> and Big Show, and like, I think he wrestled Edge in a TLC match, like, a couple of, maybe a, like, a couple of weeks before. And then next thing you know, like, you think maybe it was, He's a bit older at that time. You think you'd give him a couple of weeks off to recover? No, match with a big show. Hang on to the thumbtacks. I'm just like, Rick, what are you doing? Uh, I think a couple of weeks later, he did Money in the Bank at WrestleMania. I did the old backdrop off the top of the ladder. He did. And then, oh my God. And then by uh, SummerSlam, he had that match with Mick Foley. <laughs> I quit match with thumbtacks again. 2006, oh. what a year for, for Rick Flair. Rick Flair's the. Rick Flair is the best when he just given up and went, oh, I've got to do some death matches or hardcore wrestling. The best. Well, um, that was one thing I wanted to say. Have you heard the story about Frankie Sloan on a tribute show? I've heard his name pop up with tribute shows before, but no, just play it on me. So he was in the opener as X-Pac because he had a beard and long hair. Went backstage, shaved, came to the main event as Matt Hardy, <laughs> which is probably what I'm going to have to do as well. <laughs> So, so you want to be Crush, but you'll end up being Mankind or, or Matt Hardy. Whoever's got long, whoever's got long hair, they'll, you know, just walk in, just throw something at me. You know? I Here's a was, stinky DX pop, your X pack. Well, it's supposed to the the, the the poster that keeps going around, which is like, uh, um, instead of X pack, he's called Degeneration Degenerate X. Oh, I think. Oh, I love, I love it. Like, Legion of Doom. Oh, Legend of Doom, I think it Legend is. Legend of Doom. Yeah, Legend yeah. of Doom's in there. Uh, 
Who else was that? There's R.I.P., which was Undertaker. I there was, what the, uh, the Rocks one. It was, it was something, my, was it my via something? Or, oh, it's going to annoy me. But it, it was awful. I just, I, I love all, all of them. Like, I wish I wrestled around that time. Because it would have been dreadful. But it would have been amazing as well. Literally just coming out, hitting a couple of poses, and doing a really crappy version of someone's finisher. And hearing some you know, commentary going, and here we have X Park, and I'm just like, ah, <laughs> be the best. <laughs> I just want to know where these guys are. Like, they kind of just disappeared off the face of the planet. It must be somewhere. It must be like still alive. Remember, I'm guessing. But I remember because Dale, because Dalen and Dunbar wrestled for somewhere called I think it was EPW. They've done Helensburg, and because Dalen lives in Helensburg, they booked him for that. And I remember I was down in Blackpool one time. And EPW had a poster up, and it was uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he literally had the big Road Warrior look, and I'm just like, oh, is that a tribute show? <laughs> it wasn't. I was very, I didn't go see it, but I was just very tempted to. Uh, I found it. Found the poster. Oh, I guess get this guy's name uh, with the Rock. Oh, where is it? Rock Steadfast is the Rock. Oh, yes, man. Brett Rico is DX. <laughs> Brad Kirk. I know there's, is it, it's Satan's Daughter, I think it is, which is China. Which I don't really get that one. Well, this one we've got Harley Davidson as The Undertaker. Harvey, sorry. Harvey Davidson. Don't want oh, to be there serious. we go. And uh, Brad Kirk is Kane, which that looks awful. It's just some oh. guy in a Halloween costume? Oh. It is. Yeah. It, it's, I think it's worse than that. It's just so bad. But oh, I'm, I'm a, we, we missed out, Billy. We missed out so much. <laughs> I know, I just wish I remembered more of the one I went to see. Cause I keep, every so often it pops into my head and go, right, I'm going to Google. I want to find oh. this show. So I remember I was, so I'd done a deep dive looking on like, you know, old places like UKFF or whatever. I was trying to find stories about one, about tribute shows. And there was one where a guy was called the Dudley Boy. And it's just a guy, looks basically like me with short hair, wearing a camel, a camel top and a camel bottoms, doing a leg drop off a really rickety cage. And I'm Mate, I missed out so badly. Uh, this is the key to, to getting uh, wrestling back once, once the shows begin. Just so everyone can kind of take it easy, ease themselves in. Everyone should have an alternative WWF tribute character. Uh, I mean, ADM could be Undertaker because, you know, he's tall, long hair, sorted, easy as that. Um, but, you know, that's, that's, that's the key to, to get us back into it. Um, Taylor's still got questions. Uh, he's also asked, your favourite moment in wrestling? Uh, uh, honestly, like I could say any sort of big moment in wrestling that stands out to me, but my favourite time ever in wrestling is literally when we finished a, a show, like usually a showcase show, we're knackered and we just go out for some tea afterwards, sitting in the worst bins, just you know, chilling with the guys, talking to them, or chilling with everyone. It's that's my favourite point in wrestling, just. Or when you're sitting after a match and you're sweating, just waiting your boy to stop sweating so you can get changed from watching the rest of the, match, the card. That's they're my favorite times, I think. And he's also asked, "How's your dog?" She is alright. She is sleeping there, and as you've heard, she's barking at things because she thinks she's a wee guard dog and she thinks she's a Rottweiler, even though she's a tiny spaniel. Aren't you? 
But my dog's ve a very quiet dog, but she barks at the just the oddest of things, just like, like what are you gonna do? You're you're a you're a beagle-sized Labrador. You're really not gonna do much if, if anything comes your way. Um, so Jason Hyde is asked, ask him if he would like to fight. No beef. He just likes fighting. So would you fight Jason Hyde? I would, I, there's one regret I have in wrestling is not being as sociable as you know as I should be because I usually feel like my bubble and talk to people I knew and it's only in the last couple of years I've actually started meeting a lot of people outside the source like I met uh, you know Shea Monet or you know artist formerly known as Jesse Montana Jesse Santana sorry uh, you know I, I, met, I met Jetstream Jack right at the start of training because he, he added me on Facebook and we just started talking from there but apart from like a couple of hours I didn't really get close to a lot of people outside of source or I didn't meet them you know and it's only now I'm realizing, like, oh, you know, there's always people that I've never met before. I potentially like to, you know, even just meet, get to know, or whatever. Like, I'd love to wrestle. Like I said, Jason Hyde, I've seen a lot of really good stuff for him. Guys like Stone Malone as well. I'd love to wrestle. You and you know Raw. I'd love to wrestle. There's tons of people that I've not, I've not had the, you know, I've not been lucky enough to meet. But hopefully that will change once wrestling starts up again. Absolutely, and there's a lot of places now. I think when when things obviously start, and up, I'd like to bar them as well. Ah, of ah. course, <laughs> um, there'll be. I think a lot of places. Glasgow will be very lucky in this because I think a lot of places will be trying to concentrate and having a core roster. Maybe the ones don't they, they don't have to travel in as far just for logistic reasons or um, for for not spreading things kind of thing. If 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 it's still on the fence of what's happening with, with COVID and what have you. So I think there'll be a lot of opportunities, definitely Glasgow Central Belt for def new matches uh, to keep things fresh as well. So you never know, you could be battering Jason Hyde before you know it. Um, we've got ADM who's asked, uh, how are you going to follow an ADM shoot fest? Which highlights did include, we spoke about that Dean Ford photo, which mm -hmm. finally got that story about it. Um, he, he, to speak about shoot interviews, have you got any particular favourite shoot interviews from your time watching? Uh, I think there's like, obviously, you know, you've got your highlights like Jim Cornette and stuff like that, but that's what me and uh, ADM, you know, sort of love to talk about is shoot interviews. and there's one, I think it's called well, what it's called, it's develop, developmental something and it's Kurt Hawkins, Luke Gallows, Tangaloa and I can't remember the other guy's name. Oh, and there's another guy there, and it's hilarious. It, me and DDM just sort of bond over quoting Luke Gallows in that. Uh, are we, we, we a big fan of the Talking Shop Mania, which I have not seen, but uh, oh, I yeah. heard it was awful. Like, oh, it was amazing. Like, it was that level of it's meant to be bad. I've also got a love for bad, really bad wrestling or like hilarious wrestling, you know? Like, uh, that's something I could see one slot, one slot down sort of cams if. You know, we're just sitting chilling, just watching that with some of the wrestling guys and howling. Uh, That's what me and, me and ADM always do before matches. We'll sit and we'll and he'll open up uh, like a YouTube compilation of all Japan finishers. You know, all these ones where it's just people getting dropped in the head or getting kicked in the face and just howl at it. Oh, it's the best. It's hilarious. <laughs> and then we'll just we'll, we'll go. I'm gonna go do that. I'll do that. Do that. Comedy match. Bang! <laughs> Drop again. Oh, it's amazing. 
Uh, no, I think, I think we got we got your love of, of terrible things. We were speak, just speaking earlier about your your regret of missing tribute shows, of uh, never getting to do or take part in them. Uh, he's also asked, do you feel guilty about the time you told him to get colour and he ended up in hospital? <laughs> so we were on a, a bridge. It was, a, it was in Bridgeton. We we're doing the show, and uh, I think he was in he was in a handicap match. It was him, and I think it was. I think it was him and Zero versus Craig Forsyth. And he went, he jokingly said, oh, I'm not going to do Ed in the match. I said to him, oh, remember, get colour though, like lock up. Yeah. <laughs> and then he comes in from his match and he accidentally broke, he's, something's happened, he broke his nose and he comes in and his face is covered in blood. And he's just sitting down and I'm going, oh, oh crap, you know, I'm just I'm ta- helping him take off his bits and the first thing he goes is, I blame Manlin. <laughs> so I jokingly said to him to get colour. <laughs> And then from now on, I always make a joke to him, like, I'm doing that, just, you know, eat a wee. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he, did, he asked me specifically after after I spoke to him to ask that question, and he wrote it down anyway, so thank God, because I would never remembered it, but uh, totally worth it. Uh, we've got Jack, Jetstream Jack, he's here as well, we've already spoken about him at length, but um, he was, you were speak to him when, when things first started uh, but he's asked if you and him tagged what would your tag name be and who would you well, face we'd have to go with the you know biggest stars of the SWN was it Survivor Series, Survivor Series? was that the one with the three groups uh, oh was it god just, Clan Warfare I think it might have Clan been Clan Warfare that was it we'd have to go with the star team that obviously you know we, we don't talk about the results but you know the breakout stars of that the Hobo Banders of course we'd have to go with that and as you can see with my love of, you know, we'll have to get the time machine going. And we're going back to WCW Worldwide. We're getting Hobo Banders versus Chronic. And there uh, we go. Are you going to include the, when we get hit by the chair shots where it has the Batman blam and... Uh, of course. Blam. has to. It has to be. That's, I, I, don't, like, I don't remember a lot from Worldwide. I remember Chronic and all that kind of stuff, but I always remember the Batman. Uh, I remember... Kablam. Oh, I remember it was... Like one thing that sticks in my mind specifically from Worldwide is we're flicking through his channel, and this must have been late 2000 or early 2001, and seeing Mike Awesome and Lance Storm making an entrance and just being like, because Mike Awesome, huge and just a, uh, you know, just being so surprised because this wasn't WWE, I didn't know who they were, and I was just like, wow, you know, and then just seeing Mike Awesome Awesome bomb someone because I'd never seen anything like that before, and just, you know. Yeah, now uh, Mike Austin's one of my favourite wrestlers. Uh, I mean, his match with Masato Tanaka at One Night Stand is still probably in my top ten, I would think, somewhere. It's not my kind Where? of wrestling, but it's just watching it with the commentary and the crowd and just everyone eating everything up. I'm just like... Oh, that finish not... when he... He bombs him out the ring and then suicide dive on top of him. Where the camera oh. missed it. <laughs> the camera missed it. They just... All you, all you see is his head going... <laughs> on top of him oh it's amazing that's it's what wrestling's like, meant to be he didn't get the memo that WWE liked things to breathe for a couple of seconds and he was just like nah I'm going nah, I've been told oh, to wrap up I'm going for it oh man but no that yeah like I said not my kind of match but it's just oh, it's just it's just mental um, Dylan Dylan Hendry uh, he's asked why do you keep telling him to get gout that was uh if I remember, it was on a promo class, I think. It was something, it was something like that. We were doing promos on each other. 
and I was getting bored of doing the same usual. I'm going to wrestle you, and I'm going to win, and I respect you as a wrestler. So I just went, oh, Dalen, hope you get gout. And it made him laugh, and he's just like, what? And I just kept saying it now because made him laugh, you know. And it's because oh. I because because like now we're now people in source, especially especially when you know we've done pro classes, they're amazing because we're so diverse with our characters and all that, which I'm very you know something that's really cool, especially in re- wrestling now. Even you know, like one guy I always enjoy seeing pros of is you know Raw. Makes me laugh every single time, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, was, it just came out of promo class as a one-off thing, and now it just became every time I've got any sort of promo, even on or something like that. If I'm like, right, I want to say something to Dylan, hope you get out, you know. <laughs> and the, the question made me laugh more because I've, I I get out, <laughs> so it was just like, it's like how how that's <laughs> that exact same. I was looking at going. Why would you tell someone that? <laughs> I mean, for me, I just, I just have to not eat anything that's pickled. But, you know, I'm only human. <laughs> pickled my, eggs, I'm getting. I think my mum gets it a lot, so I think that's where the idea probably came from. <laughs> it's just one of those... It's, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you can wish it on someone because it, it, sometimes they'll just mean that your joints are a little bit sore and other times you yeah. can't walk. It's just, it's just a very particular, a very clever particular horrible thing to get but um it's like oh we'll, we'll get a little bit of gout <laughs> or yeah. just get gout anyway uh colton davis asked uh in return for for the question you asked him uh why are you not tall we already established you're not as tall as cage match makes you out to be yep so, i i because all my family are really short my dad's five foot six and my mum's like five foot four roundabout and my sister's tiny as well so i don't know what happened to me i think i'm probably the milk man there's probably even in that out, there's probably like a six foot five, six foot six milkman somewhere. And it's just half, you know, hobbit jeans and half, you know, giant jeans. Uh, I remember thinking to myself, oh, I'm really tall. I'm basically Kevin Nash because all my pals as well were short. I went to wrestling and I'm like, hey, how's it going? Because they're all really tall. But I'm like just over that threshold where I'm like considered tall. Well, you put me next to like ADM and Colton Davis and I'm just, yeah. I'm like Hornswoggle next to them, but then you put me in the ring with like Scott McManus, and I'm just you know Evan Nash, you know. I think he could be a choice for for who you'd end up being a tribute show. Diesel. I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to be it, but again, it'd be like I'd be fine if I'm in there with like uh, like uh, we like Mark Mark Wilson or or uh, Austin Brooks now, you know. If I was in with him, great Diesel impression would be the best. Then with anyone else, no, no, I can't do that. <laughs> the ex-packer Matt Hardy, there we go. Uh, and uh, he's also asked uh, your goals for 2021. Uh, I put up a big thing last year, like this, Matt, this is what I want to do in wrestling, but right now my goals are just hopefully get back to training. Like, I'm well aware that I'm probably not going to get to wrestle this year, but I'm absolutely fine with it. I'd rather that we wait until, you know, because of my the kind of work I do, you know, I'd rather kind of wait until it's a bit uncovidy, you know. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fair. But but my main goal is to be able to actually bump this year, so I don't get extremely out, of, you know, out of. Because I'm afraid when I actually go back and do that first bump. I'll just go. No, I don't like wrestling anymore. I'm done. That's it. 
that's, that's what I'm like expecting. Eight. That's that's what I'm expecting. It's like it'll be oh shows can come back now. Uh, oh, I've retired. I've retired. I'm now retired because I've just taken that one bump and just went nah. No, I'm all right. Well, just, just wait you see me. I'll just refuse to bump the next time. I'll, all my matches will just be someone. I'll be standing in the middle and people running around me, and the finish will be like shoulder block one, two, three. There we go. Because I'm like, I'm no bumping. I'm no doing anything. <laughs> and he's also asked are your dream opponents. Uh, so I think I said this in our podcast. It was like, see if I had like, like again, give me the time machine. Uh, I'd love to be NWA era Ric Flair, like. When he was the NWA champion going around wrestling all the, like the big stars in our territories. Every night he'd do a 60-minute match and he'd make our guy look amazing. And, you know, he'd, all, he'd always come on top with a, a time limit draw or, you know, the screwy finish or whatever. But that's what I'd love because... I find it weird when if people would say, like, Hogan or John Cena because you'd probably get squashed by them, you know? I would give you some amount if he was around that era. I just wouldn't survive the night at the partying afterwards I might, I might literally die just hearing about the stuff they you know they did alright NWE or Ric Flair there we go same minute draw uh, make it look amazing and uh, just from the current crop of, of wrestlers that are around who would be up there it would just be Nick Gage deathmatch oh, I'd love Nick yeah uh, again well, if I don't be goals I will have a, I will have a deathmatch before I you know eventually gee up wrestling but uh, Nick Gage would be up there. I'd love to wrestle. I'd be lucky enough to wrestle any sort of big name. But Nick Gage was definitely like, if I had a list, would be at the very top. Uh, and before we round out and do the, because I think we're, just, we're we're creeping past an hour and a half, up to two hours here. So um, we'll we'll end with a ten count, and then we'll do your social media and Twitch channel and all that kind of thing. So I think I've ticked off everything on my general list here. Um, so 10 count is uh, just a read out a name, give me your first thoughts, first impressions, phrase, word, whatever. Um, I've, I've stolen a lot of them. I've pretty much, I just scrolled through your Twitter and picked names as I went along, uh, just from your, your, your Twitter feed. Anyway, so uh, number one, mankind. Uh, creepy, sympathetic, Really good character. Two, Chainsaw Charlie. Uh, you can put Terry Funk for this better. Yeah, I was going to say, strange. But it was his idea to be Chainsaw Charlie from what I can gather. But a good wee run. Uh, three, The Godfather. Oh, stretching off, doing Motherwell uh, Civic Centre Hall. And the best. Uh, four, Undertaker. Uh... If you asked me this last year, I would have said the best, but now that we've, you know, seen that documentary and seen what kind of stuff he supports, whoa. <laughs> you know? Yeah, a little bit weird. Uh, five, Cactus Jack. Uh, one of my favourites, Royal Rumble 2000 is one of my favourite matches ever. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll probably end up watching that because we're in Rumble season in the in the recording timeline. Well, yeah, Rumble 2000 is one of the best shows ever. Uh, it's, like, it's, it's... From start to finish, it's the best. It was the first one I recorded off Channel 4. It was amazing. Uh, anyway, right, we're, we're, I'm getting off the count here. Uh, six, Scott McManus. Does. Uh, seven, Ken Shamrock. Uh, Don't know why I put that one in there. but Big scary guy screams at everything, watches match with Vader, where Vader tells him to ease up, and he doesn't, and then Vader clocks him. Amazing. It's the best. <laughs> Eight, Stevie Richards. 
Uh, big inspiration, drastically underrated. Uh, nine, Nick Gage. The best. God, King, best ever. At ten, Drew McIntyre. Big, gorgeous boy. Also thought I was, also, first time I met Drew McIntyre was uh, that ICW show where I was do, I was in drag for the Jackie Polo segment. And he was doing his, this was his big return. So uh, I went down, so it was me, Jackie Polo, DCT, and uh, someone came to get us and we went down to this wee secret bit. And this is where the still game guys were, were at. So we're talking to still game guys and, as soon, and what we're doing. And as soon as I walk in the room, we're like, all right, darling, how you doing? I turn around and there's this giant <laughs> monster of a man. And it's just Drew McIntyre. I was like, all right, all right, Drew, how's it going? Nice to meet you. <laughs> I, I love hearing Drew stories because he's so bloody nice. Quite <laughs> lovely. Because I've, I've, again, I've probably mentioned it in podcasts because I have like five stories uh, when it comes to wrestling. But uh, yeah, I've, I've met him twice. And the first time I was security at a, a signing. Um, I don't know what I was going to be, what I was going to guard him against, because I'm, I'm like a foot shorter than him, and uh, I don't think he needs guarding. I don't think so. No, um, and I got a picture with him, and he was very nice. Unfortunately, my phone was like a potato, so the the picture itself looked awful. And then the second time I met him, I was backstage. It was rock and wrestle shows, and I was just, I was, I was dropping off Rob Terry, I think, Rob Terry, a big massive guy in a Clio. <laughs> I picked him up in a, in a tiny Clio 1.4 thing. Anyway, um, I walked backstage and there he was with his future wife. And he went, oh, how are you doing? What are you doing here? First <laughs> question, how are you doing here? So, oh, I'm, I'm wrestling tonight. <laughs> Why? Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just, and he's also the guy, I, I, I he follows me on my personal Twitter again. Yes. And then I messaged also- him after he won at WrestleMania and he replied back and I'm like, you're That's the nice. WWE champion. You shouldn't be messaging me back. <laughs> Stop it. He's, Stop being so nice. Beat, he's never beaten Matt Daly. Because <laughs> they, they had a match and I think it was ICW. Like the, the vehicle broke down or something like that so they were stretching for time and uh, he was having like impromptu matches. So uh, he, had, he had one with Coach, I think it was Coach Strip and McIntyre beat him straight away. And then Matt Daly came in the ring, but as like in, in the ring crew, because he just came in and they went, I'll challenge with a match for ICW belt and Drew battered him, but it never had an official finish. I'm waiting. I'm waiting at this, at this rumble after he destroys Goldberg. Matt Daly's music's going to hit and he's got to come in and batter McIntyre for that belt. Uh, it has I'm to be up. nine to five, though. It comes out working man's Yes, part. man. <laughs> I, I was sure that, like, because we were in the big chat, group chat about WrestleMania and I was like, can you prove that Matt Daly's here? And he's not like in Orlando. <laughs> I put the jump, like, and then Big Show popped out in the first place. I was like, <gasps> no, it's, it's just Big Show. Sorry. <laughs> oh, the, the thought of it. Uh, but no, it's, it's, it's just like one of the nicest guys that I've, I've never heard a bad story recently about, at all about Drew. Um, so it's, it's so nice that he's representing us. And uh, yeah, hopefully, he batters uh, Goldberg. Cause... Oh, please, please. Please, I may just be up for wrestling if Goldberg batters him. Oh man, I'm, I'm I'm gonna stay up for the rumble, but I'll be um, I'll be so sad. I'll be so sad if he if he if Goldberg wins. Anyway, right. If uh, done, if that's the case. 
Yeah, yeah, it's over. It's, it's cancelled. Uh, right. I've kept you long enough uh, this evening. So where can people find you on social media? Uh, I know you have a Twitch channel, so mm -hmm. you can plug that and anything else you want in this bit. Right, so uh, you can. So I've got a Facebook page under Manlin, but I don't really update it. I probably should update a bit more. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter over at Oh Look It's Manlin. Uh, I've also got an Instagram that I don't, I've not used in about three years, which I probably should try to use a bit more. But you can find me. Over, my main one is Twitch, which is uh, that Manlin guy, and again over on Twitter at Oh Look It's Manlin. Excellent. Well, thank you for for taking the time to speak to me. Thank. Thankfully, we got there eventually uh, after after uh, our, our mishap trying to record this earlier. Uh, but yeah, uh, I've, I've loved this chat and thank you for taking part. Well, thank you very much for having me, Billy.